Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Morning, church. So I'm uh, Pastor Christelle Ferry, and uh, with uh, Matthew, my husband, we're leading this church. And um, yeah, I'm very excited to be here with you today. And I have a message on my heart that God has been uh, speaking to me about for more than a year now. So he's been maturing this in me. It's not the typical message that I would normally give, so it's completely different. Uh, But I believe God wants to say something today. Yeah, so we are in the series All In. So we've been over the, from the beginning of this year, we've been talking about being all in for Christ. So meaning surrendering every area of our lives to Christ. So uh, we started off this series with Shettle. He preached, oh no, sorry, it was Justin. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> so we started off with Justin. He preached on surrendering your attention. So he focused on prayer, uh, focusing on God in prayer, surrendering his attention, our attention to God. And then Matthew preached on surrendering our appetites. And then we went into a week of prayer and fasting, surrendering our appetites to God, seeking God. And Shettle preached after that last week on surrendering our false selves. And that is basically exchanging what you believe about yourself for what God believes about you. So exchanging your view of yourself for God's view of you. And today I'll be preaching about surrendering your rhythms. So in other words, adopting the ways of Jesus. Not just, um, so following him, following his rhythms and adopting his ways. This is a buzzing sound here in the front, Uh, but I'll try my best to ignore it. Good, thanks. Good. Um, Yes, so surrendering our rhythms, that's what I would like to speak about today. And for most of my life, I've been focusing a lot about what Jesus is teaching and kind of missing what he's, uh, his ways of living uh, but I'll come back to that now. I first just want to say, tell you maybe a secret about myself that many of you know me, but those who don't know me that well, you might not know this, but I very, very much dislike slow. So anything that is slow, I, I don't want to use the word despise, I would just say I dislike it. I don't like anything that is slow. So, for example, when I lived as a student, I lived in this dormitory with 300 other girls. And um, we had these long corridors, about 50 meters. I said to Matthew, it was 100 meters. He's like, no, it's not 100 meters, but it felt like 100 meters. It took forever to get from the one side to the other side. And I could never walk down those corridors. I was always running down the corridors to get to the other side. I couldn't get to the other side fast enough. And now I can't run anymore, uh, but I still try and walk as fast as I can. And if I'm in a car, 
I don't have any limitations. So then I can go fast. I, I, do, <laughs> I do keep the speed limit, and I think, <laughs> I think you should. So please don't get me wrong. You should keep the speed limit. Uh, but what really frustrates me is, example, for example, it's an 80 kilometers an hour zone, so you can drive for 80 kilometers an hour, that's the maximum, and you should only drive 80 kilometers an hour, so not more than that. But then you would find these people that drive 70. I'm like, why would you drive 70 kilometers an hour if you can drive 80? You know, like, oh, I can't understand that. And then I realized maybe I have a, maybe I have a problem. It feels like I'm always in a hurry. I'm always in a rush. I'm always behind on this ridiculous to-do list that I have, that I set up for myself. So if you feel like that, if you can identify with that, I want you to turn to Matthew 16. Turn to Matthew 16. The scripture should be on the, um, uh, at the back as well. I'm going to read out of the message translation today. Um, so but all my scriptures will be out of the message translation. Now, just before uh, we read, like I said, I just want to remind you again that um, this, this message, God has been speaking to me over the last year. So he's been doing something in my heart. It feels like an open heart surgery, that he's busy doing things, and he's still busy. So what I'm telling you today is not because I've ticked it off and I'm like, okay, now, you know, I've figured it all out. I'm still in the middle of this. But I've, I, I would say I made some progress at least, but um, I'm still getting there. But I want to invite you today to come along with me and start this journey as well if you haven't done so already. Um, so let's turn to Matthew 16. It says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. And that's exactly how I feel. Jesus went to work on me. And he says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. That might be a word for someone. You have to let him lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run away from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me. And I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Um, Self-sacrifice is my way, finding your, your true self. What kind of a deal is it that you get everything but you lose yourself? And what can you trade for your soul? And the part that caught my attention, don't be in such a hurry go, to go into your business for yourself. Don't be in such a hurry. And just there, I'm like, okay, God, like, don't be in such a hurry. I'm always in a rush. It just feels like I'm always in a rush. And if I say I'm a follower of Jesus, I mean, Jesus, if you look at Jesus, he was never rushed. If you, if you read the Gospels, he was always walking somewhere, he was going somewhere. And if there was maybe... And he always had time for people. He always stopped, even though he was on his way to go heal or raise someone from dead. He always had time for the people who interrupted him on his way to stop and have time for them. He was never rushed. He was busy, 
but never rushed. And if I'm a follower of Christ, why am I so rushed? And um, I want to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from my life. I've recently read a book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. That title completely caught my attention. I'm like, I need to buy that book. I want to ruthlessly eliminate hurry out of my life. Um, and I've read the book. I can encourage you to do so. So that only is the start of the process. Um, but at least you start something. Um, but like I said, um, I think my problem is not that I have a lot to do. It's that I have too much to do. I try and squish so much in such a little, little space of time. I try and be an effective person, using my time effectively. So I have the little time that I have, I try and put even more on into it. And I think maybe that is not the solution of using my time effectively. So I'm trying to do more things in less and less time. And my worst moments as a mother I've had when I was in a hurry. When I was rushed some way and behind on my, like I said, ridiculous to-do list. And I constantly find myself thinking, I need more time. I need more time. But maybe that is not what I need. Maybe there's something else that I need. And I believe most of the problems that we have today in our lives is because we are rushing somewhere. It's because we have been going too fast for too long. And I've been going too fast for too long. I mean, just take marriage, for example. You can't have a healthy marriage when you don't have time for each other. So you need to, in order to have a good marriage, you need to make time for each other. And that takes, so this management, it takes time. So married couples, can I ask you, when last did you have an unrushed conversation with your spouse? That you could just sit and talk unrushed. If you have had children, I can understand it's sometimes difficult. But to make that time to have an unrushed conversation with each other, to slow down and to enjoy life, and that is my greatest challenge at the moment, is to slow down and not to hurry so much. Because hurry kills joy. It kills gratitude and appreciation for people. It just takes away your joy that you have. And love is incompatible with hurry. You cannot love someone deeply if you're in a hurry and you're rushed. If you don't have time for that person. So my prayer these days have been to God to help me to walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and to love people deeply. Help me to walk slow enough, to be present in the moment, to actually enjoy what I have, to be present in the moment, to see people. I sometimes completely miss them. And to choose what is important because there's always something that come up and might seem more important. So to, to choose what is important, what is that I need to put my time to right now, to make a wise choice in that. Now, if you feel like you've been going too fast for too long, then read with me out of Matthew 11, and again out of the Message Translation. 
Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I don't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So are you burned out and tired? Jesus is showing, saying, come to me. I'll show you a better life, a better way to live your life. How to take a real rest. Now, I love that heading there, the unforced rhythms of grace. How to live in this in God's unforced rhythms of grace. There's another translation, or most of all the other translations, uh, put it like this. Jesus says, follow me. And then he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, that doesn't sound as inviting as the other scripture. So a yoke, as soon as I hear yoke, it's like, no, I'm completely put off by that. I have enough to carry. I don't need a yoke as well. Okay, Jesus says his yoke is easy. I've never, I can't imagine a yoke being easy. Uh, but the thing is, actually, if we think about it, we are all carrying something around in our lives. So we are actually all carrying a yoke. So whether we want, like to admit to it or not, we are all carrying something around. And Jesus wants to exchange that which you have carried around for his yoke. So it's a, it's a different way of carrying your responsibilities. He's inviting you to a different way in which you can carry your responsibilities. Because you're already carrying them, but there's a better way of doing it. And Jesus wants to show us this better way. So the secret of the easy yoke is living like Jesus did. So adopting his lifestyle. Now a lifestyle is divine as it's the rhythm and routines that make up your day-to-day life. Lifestyle is the rhythms and routines that make up your day-to-day life. So the way in which you organize your day-to-day life, how you spend your time, how you spend your money, that makes up your rhythms, your lifestyle. And Jesus, he wants to give you this restful gift, a new way of carrying all your responsibilities. He's inviting you to that. Now, if you've been, um, if you are a Christian, So I assume that if you're sitting here, probably the chances are that you are a Christian. That means that you are a follower of Christ. You are following Jesus. Or another way of putting it, I like this word, you are an apprentice of Jesus. So apprentice is someone who's walking with that person and you're learning from him. So you're apprenticing under Jesus. You're looking to see how does he do things, and then you imitate that. You do the same. So you learn from him. You model your life after the life of Jesus. 
Now, so if we truly want to follow Jesus, if we want to be followers of Christ, then we need to adopt his lifestyle as well. And for many years, I've been a Christian for, like, all my life, many years. I love Jesus. And I love, just, I love just the word of God. I love, I just, I just, I'm in love with Jesus. And I've been focused, (laughs) and I've been focusing so much on his teachings of Jesus. And I think we should. We should focus on what Jesus teaches us in the word. But I've completely missed the ways of Jesus, like his lifestyle, how he went about doing things. So I think we shouldn't miss that, that he walked slowly. And I want to start walking slowly. And actually, not just let like the culture around me dictate how I should live my life, but adopt Jesus' ways, adopt Jesus' rhythms into my life. So the first thing I started doing, and Lynn and I have not actually spoken about this before, but it seems like it's a theme coming up, so I think God wants to say something to us today, is the first thing I started doing with adopting these new rhythms is the Sabbath. So I started taking the Sabbath. And um, now, before Jesus went into his ministry, he was, God said, oh, this is my son, my beloved son, who I love. Um, when Jesus was baptized. And then he went off for 40 days into the wilderness just to be with God. Like he took a sabbatical. He, you know, you would think, oh, he has so much to do. He can't take time to rest and be with God. But the first thing he did, he did that. And you'll read often in the Bible, throughout the Gospels, that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. In Luke 5, 16, we don't have that on the screen, but Jesus, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. So Jesus often went away just to be with the Father, to take a rest. Now, the question I have for you is, do you have rest scheduled into your schedule? Is there rest on your schedule? Have you, do you, have you booked it into your calendar to rest? The Jesus rhythm is to make time to rest. And one of the Ten Commandments is to honor the Sabbath. Now, I have to confess, I think Lynn also confessed earlier today, that I've not been, so I haven't really focused much on taking the Sabbath. When I was a kid, we we used to do that. But as I grew up, I'm just like, I, I just felt like there's no time to rest. There's just too much to do. I can't take a whole day to rest. But it's a command. And I, wouldn't, I don't know why you would have to command someone to rest. I would think this should happen automatically. I mean, I, I would think you should command people to work and not to rest. But it's the other way around. God needs to command us to rest, just to take a break, to rest. But we've been ignore, I've been ignoring this command. And the other thing that I've realized since I started implementing it is that it's not going to happen by itself. You have to plan for it. So you have to, to make provision for it, to plan for it, and you need to book it in because there's always going to be something else that comes up that's going to be more important. You're going to have to say no to some things um, because 
you honor the Sabbath. So you need to plan for it and make some life changes. Uh, another life change I've made, life change, but um, the habit that I'm trying to enforce in my life is to go to bed by 10 p.m. and not later because I need, know I need to have good rest. And in order, if I get good rest, if I take a Sabbath, uh, if I get away with God, I'm going to just be a better person to be around. It's going to be for the benefit of everyone, for myself and for everyone else. I'm going to be a better mother. I'm going to be a better um, wife and just a better friend for everyone to be around. So take one day a week just to rest, be with Jesus. And it's in that space you basically make space for God to speak to you, just to pour into you. Switch off your phones, like Lynn said. She switched off her phone and just took a break. Just spend time with family, do something you like, but also just be quiet and hear what God wants to say to you. So it's not to say that you have to sit and do nothing and just like, oh, it's so boring. How am I going to get this day passed? It's, it's really like letting God fill you up. So whatever that looks like for you, let God fill you up. And when you are resting, you're not forsaking your responsibilities. It is for the sake of your responsibilities that you are resting. So when you're resting, it's, you're not forsaking your responsibilities. It's for the sake of your responsibilities that you are resting. Like I said, you'll be a better parent, a colleague. It's just going to be it's going to be just better for everyone and for yourself. And um, as I I did. As I prepared for today, um, I found a study that showed that the Seventh-day Adventists, so they religiously take the Sabbath, they take a break on the seventh day. Um, And this study has found that, and this is done in America, so they have seen that the the Seventh-day Adventists, they live on average 10 years longer than the average American citizen. And the interesting thing about that is that if you count up all the Sabbaths over the average lifetime, it comes to 10 years. So by you taking a break or resting on the seventh day or once a week, taking a Sabbath, you're not actually losing any time. You're actually gaining time, like 10 years of your life by just taking a break, and to rest and spend time with God. Let God fill you up. And by taking the Sabbath, you're saying that you are not in control, but God is in control. So it's a way of surrendering to him, saying that he is on the throne, it's not you. Things will still happen because he's making it happen. You're not the one making it happen. Can I just have the band come up for me, please? Now, like I said, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. He often went just to be with the Father, let the Father fill him up. So if Jesus needed to do that, um, we also need to do that. We need to withdraw and spend time with Jesus. So start practicing this rhythm of rest. Start implementing what Jesus showed us to do. And maybe you're thinking, oh, I can't, I can't afford to take off a whole day. 
but at least start, start somewhere. Take half a day, day then. I know some weeks are more challenging than others, especially, like Lynn said, if you're working in the church, it's almost sometimes challenging. But you need to make time to get away with God. Let him fill you up. And I just love how the Jewish people celebrate the Sabbath. So on a Friday night, they all come together, and they have the Shabbat meal. Now, the Shabbat meal, they have, so that's the whole family that gets together, and they have this cup in the middle. And under the cup, there's a saucer, a plate. And then they pour the wine into this cup until this cup starts to overflow. And the wine fills the saucer at the bottom. And then they take the saucer and they drink the wine out of the saucer, out of the plate. So they don't drink out of the cup, they drink out of the saucer. And this symbolizes that this is the day where God pours into my life. So God is pouring into my life and then I drink from the overflow. I use the overflow to go into my week and to use it for my ministry, to use it for my work, to use it in my family. So I give out of my overflow, not out of my cup. So I want to say to you today, let God fill you up. Give him time, make time in your, your week so that God can fill you up. So you can give out of your overflow, not, not out, of, out of yourself, but out of your overflow. So I want to leave you with a task today, is I want you to go home. We can actually do it now when we're going to take communion. We're going to have some time, but I want to challenge you to go home as well and think about this. Is to evaluate where do you spend your time? What is it that you spend your time on? And to maybe think, okay, so, yeah, so make a list of what is important, your priorities, so that you spend the most time on the things that are important. And whenever something comes up in your schedule, decide, okay, is this really worth spending time on or not? Where do you spend your time? Make that priority list. So I want to say to you today that may you find this rhythm of Jesus living. So this is my prayer for you today, that you might find this rhythm of Jesus living, that you'll surrender your rhythms to Christ, that you'll start a new way of walking um, like Christ, His way, His pace, and allow Him to fill you up so that you can give from your overflow. And I want to invite you forward afterwards. So after we've had communion, after we've had worship, if you'd like to have prayer for this area, you're welcome to come forward. I'd love to pray with you. But now, like we said, we're going to go into a time of communion. And just practically, um, so they will be standing here on this side with the communion, so the bread and the wine. Um, and you can come down this aisle to come and fetch it, and then you leave on that side. So just to have a bit of a flow. Um, yeah, so why do we take communion? Why is it that we, we do this once a month, like Lynn said? 
And Jesus, with the last supper he had with his disciples, he took, he took the, the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that has been broken for you. And he took the cup of wine and he drank and he said, drink this in remembrance to me. This is my blood that was shed for you. So by us taking the communion today, we are remembering, it's a sacrament, we are remembering what Jesus has done for us on the cross. How his body was broken for us and how his blood was shed for us, making a way for us to be with the Father. So that is what we are remembering today. And as you come and take communion, I want you to surrender every area of your life. There's parts of your life that you've not surrendered. Ask God to show you. Surrender your attention. Surrender your appetite. Surrender your self-image. And then surrender your living, the, the way of living, your rhythm. Surrender your rhythms to him. So ask him to speak to you now in this time. As you come forward to take the bread and the wine, thank him for what he's done on the cross. And ask him how you can change your life to live more like Jesus. Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So I want to say to you today, Shabbat Shalom. And that means, that's how the, um, the Jewish people greet each other on a Sabbath. That means that may God be present in your rest. And may you find rest in God alone. Shabbat Shalom. May God be present in your rest. And may you find rest in God alone.